Nicolas Bornois again of Capital Link, I'd like to welcome you to our session, to the panel on coastal and short sea shipping, leading the green revolution to zero emissions. Uh, Narva Mios from uh, BNV uh, is going to moderate uh, a great group of panelists who are going to take us through all the innovation and great work being done uh, in uh, green technology. Uh, this is something unique happening in Norway and uh, with applicability throughout the world. Uh, Narva, thank you for putting this panel together and thank you to all the panelists for joining us. Uh, I will turn the floor over to uh, Narva to uh, um, okay, thank you, Nicholas. Uh, can you see my screen? Yes, we can. Okay. I'm sorry that something has gone wrong here with the video. I don't know what it is, but... Uh, we are certainly uh, tested it on beforehand. So, my name is Nolve Mures. I'm vice president in DNV, and I'm also the program director for the Green Shipping Program, which is a public-private partnership program, and uh, it's um, also a, a national program and a tool for green competitiveness. We see a paradigm shift in the maritime industries. Uh, where emissions will be regulated and get a cost, both directly and indirectly. Uh, we will see green demands from the market, from investors, employees, and the public in general. Yes, yes, sir. Um, we in Green Shipping Program think that climate change and new requirements is a significant business opportunity that we must uh, take advantage of. The vision of the program is to establish the world's most efficient and environmentally friendly shipping. The program is about profitable emission reductions, sustainable logistic solutions, green jobs, increased competitive advantage, and taking a leading uh, international position. The Green Shipping Program is a joint effort where all uh, major players in the value chain are participating. That is cargo owners, ship owners, uh, uh, yards, ports, uh, and also vendors of uh, technologies, uh, uh, green fuels and uh, services, and also governmental agencies. We started up six uh, uh, years ago with 16 participants, uh, uh, with 16 uh, private companies and two ministries uh, from the government, the climate uh, and environment and uh, the trade and industry ministry. Today, we have passed more than 70 participants all together. And why are we joining the program? First of all, it's a learning program. We learn from our vendors, from our customers, and even from our competitors. We would also like to achieve economic growth, cost reductions, and competitive advantage. And we would like also to influence future regulatory, financial, and procurement policies and incentives. And last but not least, taking a leading position within green shipping. Most of the green technologies and green fuels started with use uh, in our fjords and uh, between our islands. If we shall reach the IMO and the EU, EU goal and also uh, uh, country goals, green technologies must be able to take the step and make the voyage from coastal shipping to short and see deep sea shipping. Some technologies can do this, others not. Uh, we see that some of the ship owners participating in the program, they are typically uh, deep sea uh, companies. And uh, they are participating in the program also to learn in such a way that uh, they can take advantage of uh, green technologies also within uh, deep sea shipping 
to their advantage. The green shipping program has initiated 33 pilots whereof eight are realized or under construction. At least five of them will be mentioned here today. In my panel, I have five companies. I have one uh, sh ship owner, Line. I have two cargo owners, Heidelberg Cement and Asco. I have one shipyard, Vard, and one leading technology provider, Kongsberg. All of these organizations has the same vision to be a leader in the green revolution to zero emissions. And also the questions I will ask afterwards are basically the same for the first question. But you will see from the answers and also from their presentation that uh, the, the challenges and also their perspective is a bit different whether you are a ship owner, a cargo owner, a yard, or a technology vendor. With this, I pass the word to Tron Kleivdal, the CEO in Colorline. Tron, please take over. Yes, uh, thank you, Nave. Can you hear me? Absolutely. Good. I'll just uh, share a presentation. And you see my presentation also? Yes, that's good. Very good. Uh, thank you, Nave. And uh, as you say, from a um, ship owner's perspective, uh, the challenges towards 2030 is clear. Uh, we have to reduce our CO2 emissions as soon as possible. And uh, we have to understand and comply with new rules and regulations idly uh, before they are put into force. Our present focus uh, is, of course, to operate our ships as uh, energy efficiently as possible. Um, these measures will make it easier to comply with what's ahead of us. And firstly, we contemplate that uh, new global requirements for each individual ship will be decided upon uh, IMO's MEPC meeting uh, in June. The EXI and CII indexes will be absolute. If you don't comply, you will not be able to operate. And um, secondly, uh, the initiative to make zero emission fuels more competitive uh, by implementing different market-based measures, either through uh, emission trading schemes, uh, which is the EU approach, or through a global levy. The third factor uh, is the most unpredictable one, and that is uh, political, regional, or uh, national requirements before beyond uh, international targets and requirements. However, uh, as being uh, part of the short sea segment, we have some advantages in coping with the anticipated <clears throat> and seemingly complex and even bureaucratic set of new requirements. Our vessel, uh, vessels operate in the regular service on fixed routes, on red regulated in short distances, so therefore, a mix of solutions will be viable, <clears throat> either as standalone alternatives or as hybrid solutions. To try to navigate uh, through this uh, complex uh, menu of different alternatives, uh, we have developed a simplified scenario approach uh, in which we are analyzing the effect of anticipated pricing of green fuel alternatives compared to the expected pricing of fossil fuel, including market-based measures. And this uh, enables us um, to develop business cases and rank different investment and zero emission fuel alternatives, which will fit our present uh, tonnage. Availability, infrastructure, maturity of technology, energy density, green credentials, and of course price will be important ranking factors. Further, the funding opportunities and support schemes uh, provided by the authorities will be important. Uh, that also the case regarding the taxonomy uh, requirements already implemented by the EU. The, the above framework uh, was important when we decided to contract the Color Hybrid, the world's largest plug-in hybrid vessel when launched in 2019. 
uh, built in Norway and with a content of more than 70% from Norwegian-based sub-suppliers. Uh, today, the vessel operates with zero emission during approximately 20% of its sailing distance, including port operations. And the configuration enables us to use battery package for peak shaving, securing stable engine loads, and as a spinning reserve, uh, making auxiliary engines redundant. And the vessel is also equipped with extensive waste heat recovery systems uh, with a capacity, in fact, larger than the batteries itself. So color hybrid uh, is well on its way to comply with the IMO 2030 requirements. The second in initiative I thought I should use some minutes on is our pilots regarding use of ammonia as zero emission fuel on large passenger ships. Ammonia is toxic, uh, however, represents a higher energy density and is less explosive than alternative green energy carriers. The introduction of ammonia creates new challenges related to safe bunkering, storage, supply and consumption. And as part of the Cololine Ammonia pilot, these questions uh, have been addressed, resulting in two well-documented reports. Uh, involving all relevant parties, DNV, Norwegian Maritime Authority, Oslo Harbor, the industry, and us as ship owners. And by using uh, Color Fantasy uh, as ammonia receiving ship, technical solutions, safety measures regarding use and bunkering ammonia uh, as a supplement to existing fuel mix have been developed. And I must say with very promising results more promising than first anticipated. And we have decided to further develop this pilot uh, together with the Grand Schiffshaus program, uh, also to include other ships in our fleet. So that's the introduction, Nora. Thank you. Thank you very much, Ton. Uh, you have provided the ship owner perspective as of today. How can we increase the speed of the green transition and what is most important and why? Ton, you have the... Yeah. Uh, yes, I am. Um, I'm here back again. Uh, what is the most important? Uh, and in fact, how can we uh, increase this uh, transition? Uh, firstly, uh, we need to increase the research and development efforts uh, in uh, finding uh, technical solutions and safety measures regarding the use of different zero emission fuels. And at the same time, uh, we need to find energy efficient ways uh, to increase uh, green production and distribution of zero emission fuels. And thirdly, uh, we need to reduce one way or another uh, the price of these fuels, uh, making them more competitive uh, than they are today. So that sort of... Uh, the main challenge in itself and how to speed up this process. Well, I think in order to speed up the transition, um, the authorities and the politicians must target uh, research and development resources or funds or even grants. We have seen this uh, being used in Norway uh, quite greatly to promote the, the speed of this transition. Um, but then related to zero emission solutions and secure availability of enough green energy. And uh, what we're really talking about is, uh, is electricity uh, needed to produce demanded uh, volumes of, uh, of these zero emission fuels. Thank you very much, Tron. And with this, I will pass the word to Lars-Erik Markusen, the chartering manager in Heidelberg Cement. Are you there, Lars-Erik? I'm here. Thank you very much. For us, the participation in the green shipping program uh, is a little bit outside, of course, what we do as a cement company. Uh, but as a cement company in Norway and North Europe, we are absolutely dependent on short sea shipping. We ship around 7 million tons per year in Scandinavia between Scandinavian ports or between domestic ports, Norway, Norway. Um, and a large portion of this is actually going on quite aging fleet of, uh, of uh, coasters. Now, 
In the green shipping program, a, a large work was done to identify the vessels operating uh, along the west coast of Norway or the, the whole coast of Norway. And their average age is 30 years, three zero. Um, and in shipping terms, of course, that is uh, antique ships. So we see that the ships that we rely upon so heavily uh, are the, the fleet is gradually disappearing. So we think that in order to facilitate a switch towards greener, newer, more sustainable ships, we as charters, we as customers, we as cargo owners have to step up and realize that we have a role to play in this as well. We need to make it possible for our partners in the shipping industry to justify the quite heavy expenses uh, in, uh, in capital investments, even with Norwegian uh, state funding, this is gonna be expensive. So we have to think long-term. We cannot go shopping around on year-by-year -year rates. We are looking at doing a long-term cooperation for up to 20 years on a time charter vessel. And through the green shipping program, we found a perfect partner in the Norwegian grain cooperative, Fellesköpe. Perfect partner in as such that they ship their goods from east to west along the Norwegian coast and our goods go from the west to east. So we do achieve a round trip fulfillment of a vessel. So right now we have quite uh, big plans. This is one of the uh, very specific pilot projects in the green shipping program to build the world's first hydrogen powered uh, emission free 5,000 ton bulk carrier. And uh, we have selected a design. We have found the, uh, the shipping company partner here in Norway that is going to build the vessel and own it for us. And we're looking at a long time, 15 year time charter together with Fellesköpe. So this very much is a cooperation between two companies who don't really have that much in common, grain and cement, but who need to solve their logistic needs using the same transport platform. And it's through this kind of cooperation that we see that it's possible to even build something as fantastic as the world's first hydrogen powered vessel in a small scale along the quite heavy seed uh, Norwegian West Coast. Thank you, Nava. Thank you very much, Lars Erik. Um, uh, same question to you. Uh, you have now provided the cargo owner perspective. How can we increase the speed of the green shift? And what is most important and why, from your perspective? I, I, I'm afraid I must, I must repeat what was said earlier. It has to do with cost, of course. But also um, making the information and knowledge that is available out there, making that available to everyone. Uh, from a chartering or from a charterer perspective, as I started out by saying, this is not our key business. This is not our core business. Uh, if you run a steel mill, then steel is your core business. And that's where you spend most of your research and development. Uh, for us, transport buyers uh, share the information. I believe that the Norwegian green shipping program should be copied in every single country around the world if we're going to have uh, any kind of success with this. And I believe that uh, we need to look a little bit beyond the very, very traditional, very typical black and white competitive business of shipping. Um, in, if we don't succeed in reaching the zero emission targets, we're all going to lose. So we need to do, uh, we need to approach this more from a collaboration perspective and information sharing perspective than we do from I want to be the biggest shipping company in the world perspective, which has plagued this industry for over 100 years. So I think the biggest thing we can do is share information and uh, a good place to start is these private public cooperations like we have in the green shipping program. Thank you very much uh, for, for that, uh, Lars Erik, and thank you very much for the flowers. Um, um, with this, I will pass the word down to Kajo Stolsen, who is the CEO of Osco Maritim. Are you there, Kai? 
Yes, uh, Narve, thank you for the opportunity to present ASCO, our project, uh, and thoughts about uh, as a cargo owner today. ASCO Maritime's pilot project in the green shipping program is with two battery electric uh, autonomous unmanned vessels that we call sea drones. You see a picture of it uh, 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 back then. Crossing the Oslofjord with zero emissions, the vessel will be operated by Masterly in the control center on land. Kongsberg Maritime is the main supplier of technology. The vessel will be a part of a zero emissions transport chains that also consists of battery electric trucks and battery electric autonomous terminal tractors. We expect operating operation from March 22. The vessels have a capacity of 16 trailers on board. Uh, Asko Maritime is a part of Asko, which is a wholesaler and logistic machine in Norgesgruppen. So normally we are not uh, doing shipping business and we are not ship owners, but uh, we start to be that now. Asko has 44% market share of grocery in Norway. By having control of the entire value chain and being both cargo owner and carrier, Asko is better positioned to be able to carry out pilot projects such as sea drones and battery and hydrogen electric trucks. Asko's goal is to climate-neutral transport by 2026. To achieve this goal, we must be the driving force behind the introduction of new technology and infrastructure in our value chain. Asko must also change logistic and business models adapted to new technology. By leading the way, we will be better equipped to meet international and Norway's climate goals. Our customers will demand climate-neutral deliveries, so it will be a competitive advantage to lead the way through towards climate-neutral transport. As a cargo owner, Oscar believes that it's important to have efficient logistic solution for the entire value chain uh, if the goal of environmentally friendly shipping is to be achieved. Climate-neutral solution for the entire value chain is cargo owner's goal. Sea freight is only one link in the value chain. Shipping companies must make a choice of new technology, which can be a difficult choice when the solution of technology and infrastructure is under development. But the shipping companies that take the lead will probably gain a competitive advantage when the cargo owners and authorities set the requirement for climate-neutral shipping. Requirements, requirements must be followed up with the right instruments that enable a long-term investment for shipping companies. As a cargo owner, we believe it's important to collaborate with other industries, technology suppliers and authorities to succeed in making changes to greener transport chain. The green shipping program has an important role in Norway and increased cooperation internationally we will provide synergies. synergies. We as a cargo owner believe that the good collaboration between cargo owners, freight companies and other partners in the logistics chain can provide efficient logistics that are important for cargo owners to switch to more use of sea transport. A predictable cargo base is important for shipping companies to be able to invest in new technology. Partners in the logistics chain must see that it is profitable financially and provide environmentally benefits to be motivated. In the green shipping program, ASCO has established a pilot project, Logistik 2030, which, 2030, with uh, a goal of identifying a sustainable logistics and terminal structure for sea-based distribution of cargo between Europe and Norway. Today, a large part of the freight flow from Europe to Norway goes via uh, Eastern Norway and is transported further in Norway by truck or train. It will be more sustainable if cargo go, going to the west side of the Norway were transported by sea to the port in western Norway, close to the destinations. The project involves export and cargo owners, shipping companies and ports. Efficient logistic and business models must be created that provide opportunity for change to climate-friendly transport for all modes of transport in the transport chain. Good infrastructure for energy and ports must be established. Cargo owners must enter into more long-term transport agreements that create uh, predictability and security for investing in infrastructure and technology. The authorities must provide predictable long-term instruments with 
financial support and tax systems. This is important to motivate long-term investment in infrastructure, technology, and energy carriers. For vessels, some options are battery ammonia and hydrogen. The authorities must, with the right instruments, provide security for, for choices for long-term investments. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much, Kai. Uh, same question to you. How can we increase the speed of the green shift and what's yeah, I, most important and why? Yes, yeah, so I, I speak as a cargo owner and answer as a cargo owner on this. This is a difficult question, which I will answer. Some answers are already given, uh, but uh, the most important thing uh, is to create motivation for change to cargo owners, uh, for cargo owners. Uh, if the cargo owners is waiting for a solution, it will take a long time. I think the cargo owners must get involved and set requirement for climate-neutral transport. It is important to reach now the climate requirement we face in the future. The cargo owners must set the environmental requirement for, uh, for the carriers and the cargo owners commits to long-term freight agreement. The cargo owners must be willing to change his uh, business models and logistic system to meet opportunities and limitation in new technology systems and new infrastructure. Partners in the transport chain must work together to offer cargo owners efficient and sustainable transport chains that must be competitive with alternative transport options. Technology developers, authorities and freight companies must work together to develop technology and energy infrastructure. It is now important to make the right long-term choices. It makes it easier for investors to invest. From the in, uh, authorities, it is important to establish the right instruments to motivate instrument investment in technology and infrastructure. It is also important to have instruments that motivate the cargo owner to change to more sea freight. The instruments shall be supported, support for investment and tax systems. Instrument must motivate all links in the value chains. That's my answer. <laughs> uh -huh. Thank you very much, uh, Kai. And uh, I very much agree with you uh, with respect to getting more cargo owners involved and uh, also see that they have a very, very important role to play. And uh, I completely agree with you that uh, if they don't, things that uh, the, the green ship that will take a long time. Very good. Um, with this, uh, I, um, um, I pass the word to Andreas Buskop, uh, General Manager in VAD. Uh, um, Andreas, can you, can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you, Norva. Good. So thank you, Nora, for uh, for your introduction so far. I'm I'm very proud to be part of this uh, this uh, was a panel, and I will try to give my specific uh, insight and perspectives to this uh, this problem. And uh, of course, um, words are a lot, but I have to try to visualize it a bit. So I'll share my presentation, and and I would say I, we wouldn't be able to be where we are today without the collaboration of the Green Shipping Program and the partners that we have done and had there. And, and due to that, we are actually trying now to, uh, to accelerate the green shift. But of course, this is not done without any issues. So how we see this actually is more basically that our three goals that we are having difficulties to unite. And it has been mentioned all fleet. So we are seeking a fleet renewal as a yard. Volume is important to gain profitability and gain competence in what we're doing. In the same time, on the other side, you have the governmental and environmental issue of reducing the emissions. On the, on the second and third goal, we are trying to do this sustainable, uh, not just adding cost to the value chain, but doing this in a profitable way. And all these targets and goals, they are difficult to unite due to the technology risk, the capital cost, and the operational costs. So from a yard perspective, of course, we believe this is possible to be done, but, but we have challenges to see uh, why should yards be the first one to start? And, and there is a lot of risk, but on the end, on the bench, we have a quite large opportunity here that you can increase the 
volume from rho to C, we can basically do the transition from fossil to renewable by a commercial track. And in the same time as a yard, we have the opportunity here to basically develop a modern production line and use of the digital twin. But of course, all these targets is of course not without barriers. And how we see it is that there's a lot of pilots these days, uh, but we need to make them commercial. There is regulations in development, but they are still unclear and we need to have a lot of focus on that. And we see that this cost to develop is, is not without any, what we have in Norway Dugnads on. And, and today that doesn't really accelerate the pace. So something has to be done. And the way we see it is that we need to solve these issues, the technology risk, the capital cost, and the operational cost. The technology risk may be seen as the transit assets, but we can see that the base case here is the rules and regulation and the availability of technology and their cost. So by through financing and incentives, this can be managed and navigated in a way that we can have a better financial model to enable green technology. Maybe through third party ownership, this cost can better be taken up by a modernized design. So of course we are interested to solve the cost part, but to have a better cost, lower cost, we need to have volume so we can be cost efficient. And the only the best way to do that is to standardize the vessels. You can build many vessels of the same type, minor adjustments, and then you get the cheap vessel. But that doesn't solve. The owner, the ship owner, also needs to have a predictability about the operational cost because that is the third barrier that needs to be done. And we know this is not one scenario, but different scenarios in the future that we don't know about. It could be the incentives, it could be the cost of fuel, or it could be the, the, the profitability of the load. But basically, um, maybe Kongsberg will say about it, but digital chip, performing optimization, and increasing the fleet utilization, as now Heidelberg and Fellowship is doing, will be part of the key solutions. But we believe that much of this has been done. Uh, in the early days, I'll just bring forward a few yards here that have done uh, pilot work initially, but developed this to a good business. Thanks to uh, ship owners with foresight, uh, the, the first uh, battery vessel, MF uh, Ampere, is now uh, a business where we have uh, in Norway only at least 70 vessels. And 47% of these are pure electric. So it's a lot of more vessels being developed and that are commercial available today. In the same way, we can try to look back a bit on the, on the shorter history, like Yara Birkeland that we have been developing together with Kongsberg, where we see the great potential how that have been uh, in the future. So with remote operation, we can reduce the OPEX and I think this is, is a milestone project that may be used more in the future. And the same also goes for the project for Vescon and Nordled regarding the, the first liquid hydrogen uh, ferry. And um, we see now already today that the investment in clean hydrogen will reduce the cost. So we believe the shift is here already, but we need to take our site off from pilots to commercializing this. So thank you, Nara. That was my introduction to, to Vard's uh, perspective. Thank you very much, uh, Andreas. Um, this was the yard perspective. And um, the same question, how can we increase uh, is the speed? And well, what is most important and why? Okay. Well, that is a tougher question, of course. Um, I'll try to be specific there also, but there are many, many ways. And what I think is most important, we can start with the, the understanding of, uh, of the holistic evaluation like has been done already to capture the, the short sea fleet uh, and, and the possibility to optimize that. It gives the opportunity to, to reduce the time from concept to, to build uh, a lot. Uh, and by doing that, 
we believe also another element could be that we have intercompany collaboration that we can build with different yards. Uh, we can, I have a reference with the, with the LNG business there, but, but basically for the yards perspective, we need to have a much better production uh, approach, like a smart yard basically. And one of the accelerator could be actually circular economy. As mentioned earlier, the, the, the key aspect here is to get uh, available technology in the market uh, with, uh, with lack of risk. And, and the, the best way to do that could be circular economy by testing the technology early. And that uh, to do that, of course, you need incentives uh, because they're not economically available yet, uh, such as what uh, Eidsvik have done with Viking Lady and, and Viking, uh, Viking Energy. And the, the, maybe the last point here is thinking value chain development, uh, also done in other projects where you are looking into the energy distribution to cut down the cost. Um, we, we believe, of course, in time, this will change. So having a modernized approach would maybe enable a better feasibility in the cost. So I don't have one answer. I have many, many answers, and we will test them all. Thank you very much. And with this, I pass the word to Egil Haugstahl, president of Kongsberg Maritime. Egil, are you there? Yes, I am. Very good. I'm very what ready to share with you my ideas around these topics. Um, Kongsberg Maritime is today a leading uh, tech company within maritime industry, and we very clearly see this shift against the green solutions. Um, we are uh, spending about 1 billion in product and technology development yearly from Kongsberg, and uh, more and more of this money are now spent into green technologies. And in green technologies uh, umbrella, we also see autonomy and digitalization. Uh, I have two daughters at home and I spent first uh, 15 years of my time in Kongsberg in the defense side. And I think that is very important, but I can tell you that uh, it's very much more popular at home when I do something good for the environment and, and uh, make a better global for the future. That is also the position of uh, the Kongsberg Group's board. Uh, uh, and they are clear that they also believe that the real business opportunities for the future is within the green development. Um, I just saw a statistic that there is, for the time being, being built more uh, uh, carbon neutral ships, uh, about the same number as it has been built, accumulated so far in the history in, in the world. So, so this is a, is a clear trend that we really try to take a strong position in. Uh, but there is limited opportunity now for, for really zero emission solutions. You have uh, more or less only battery uh, and uh, coastal and, and short sea shipping is a good place to, to, to use this. Uh, hydrogen is coming and we will soon see that. Uh, also ammonia uh, will probably be there. But in the meantime, I think it's important also to focus on more low hanging fruits. And uh, there is a lot of opportunities to, to improve what is uh, of existing ship with uh, improved uh, hydro, uh, aerodynamic, uh, hydrodynamic, sorry, on, on the sea. Um, we also have a smart power solutions and hybrid solutions, and also uh, significant opportunities within digitalization. And we can see that uh, 15, 20, 25% improvement is, is quite available today for most ships. Um, we are uh, seeing quite some challenges, of course, in the shift that is going on. We also have this observation that uh, we should believe that it was the ship owner or, or company like ourselves or, or ship builders that uh, really are driving the changes. But we see that the cargo owners is taking a much uh, more uh, uh, in significant roles here and represented uh, with, um, uh, with uh, Heidelberg or Asko here today. And I think we should all appreciate that. And I think that will be one of the drivers to accelerate the changes here. It is uh, this company, they need some size, they need some ambitions, and they need to be have a very clear green uh, um, target. And, and they also need to be prepared to take some 
some uh, uh, risk in this. There is always a question about cost, and the capex on on uh, green uh, ships are usually higher, and also the opex. So going forward, we see that autonomy is the answer. It's not the easy way to go, but autonomy can clearly reduce the cost of operating in in especially in short sea shipping and uh, to to be able to to execute this we really have to bring all uh, parts together it's the technology is there the sensors is there how to operate it is there most ships are more or less autonomous today also you need communication solutions you need uh, uh solution how to, to to monitor and and make sure that you are able to operate it that from a remote position you need a lot of pieces put together and you need regulations you need infrastructure it's complex it's doable and and we will do it together with some of our key partners going forward the it is important that we all stay together here ship ship owners cargo owners and technology companies and go, the government most of all Thank you very much, Egil. I'm very glad, uh, in particular, about the comment with respect to the cargo owners. Uh, and what we have experienced in the green shipping program is really that if you are starting at the top of the value chain uh, and make the right incentives there, it will kick down the entire uh, value chain in such a way that everybody is running the, 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 the green run. So uh, I'm very glad for that. But uh, you also will get the same question, uh, Egil. How can we increase the speed? And how, what, what is most important and why? Yeah. Um, first of all, as I, I mentioned, we are, all the pieces is there. And, and I think technologically, we, we could move a lot faster. Uh, but you need, it's it's a cost involved. It, it's really a big step that needs to be taken. I think it will be it will happen in Norway, and I would like to see it happen faster. To do that, we need because we are getting a lot of support for for programs, for technology developments, uh, a piece here and a piece there. I think the government need to do a total responsibility here to see the whole picture, to see what is needed of predictability and in infrastructure in support for not only the technology, we will, we will make that happen. But they need to take have a total plan, how to execute this, how to build out uh, the short sheet, short shipping in Norway. And by doing that, we could make a big step fast. I think the industry is ready, the shipbuilder is ready, and, and the ship owners and, and the, the cargo owners. So it's, it's really about the, the government to be able to organize this as a total. I think that is needed. I think uh, that is really something that we should follow over to my next question. So, Egil, um, if we put this uh, a bit tabloid, um, uh, what should the polit politicians do with respect to how important is green public procurement versus green regulations versus a CO2 tax levy or fee? versus support to R&D. Oh, public procurement, regulation, CO2 tax, R&D. All of this is very good initiatives. And it has to be a total plan so that uh, we are not ending up only with the technology. And, and you, I understand it's not easy to do politics. No, it's hydrogen all over. It's hydrogen that seems to be the solution for everything in the future. I have some doubt. We have a lot of projects going on, and, 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 and it will be an answer on some of it. But it is not the only answer. You need they need to take a broader uh, picture and they need to, to think through infrastructure, how to charge uh, vessels through the coast, uh, the whole coast, how to be predictable on cost for ship owners to operate the ship and, and make sure that the it, it, it's a lot who's not done. So I cannot point on one of them, these things. But yes, uh, technology is important and we appreciate the support that is uh, coming that way. And it's a lot and we are very happy with that, but that is just not enough. You need to do it all. Maybe also within the text. I don't like text, 
but it's a it's a way of fixing problems to 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 put text on the the one who is uh, uh, creating pollution to support the one who is uh, representing the future with zero pollution. I, I think that could be done more. Mm. Thank you very for, much for a good answer. Ton, what, uh, what do you as a skip owner think about this? How important is public procurement versus regulation versus CO2 tax versus support to R&D? Well, I, uh, I agree that, uh, you know, we, we have to use uh, all of these uh, to make sure that we have the speed. Uh, speed is important, but there's one thing, uh, in fact, uh, I would like to mention, and that is, it, it is also a credit to the way uh, the green shipping program is working. Um, because I think we need also more piloting uh, by utilizing the competence and the experience uh, prevailing in the Norwegian cluster, uh, we save time and we also reduce the risk uh, involved, in fact, simply by working together. Um, and it secures also uh, uh, knowledge transfer and that we utilize uh, best practice. And um, it also allows us, uh, you know, by talking together in all these different settings uh, to think out of the box and, and also as us uh, doing big investments in this field, uh, that we have the understanding uh, for supporting first movers. And I think all these elements also are, are, uh, are important. Thank you very much, Tron. And uh, Lars-Erik, uh, the cargo owner's perspective is uh, this uh, very different uh, from uh, the ship owner and uh, the technology provider. What would you say? I would say regulation, CO2 tax, and uh, R&D support. I would say from our point of view, um, the what we see is a fantastic cluster of companies, both in Norway and abroad, doing a lot of R&D pretty much on their own. I'm not saying they don't need support, but if you give good people the right incentives, they come up with the good ideas, also known as R&D, pretty much by themselves. Uh, I think the biggest thing we can see in Norway, especially from our building company perspective, we develop cement and, and gravel. I think purchasing. So public green procurement. If someone building roads or tunnels in Norway or the Fairmount Belt or wherever went out and said, we want all the materials to be sustainably shipped using only green fossil free fuels, you'd see not only Heidelberg cement going out into the market to procure uh, uh, emission-free vessels, you'd see all competitors doing the same. And you would actually be, by using uh, public purchasing, you would activate capitalistic uh, competitive uh, competition. Yeah. So I think it's, it's worth having uh, those two thoughts at the same time. And even more importantly than that, when it comes to R&D as well, please let's not everyone start searching for the one fuel that will solve or that will replace diesel. Everyone's asking why hydrogen and not ammonia? Why ammonia and not methanol? I think that's wrong. All of them. We will be using 10 different types of fuel 20 years from now, where today we use primarily diesel. And I think there needs to be room for all of those. And that needs to be included in the taxation and included in the, in the uh, schemes that uh, the governments are coming up with. Hmm. Well, thank you very much. And I think you had a very big point there that the government must not only uh, show the way with respect to regulation, but they must also live the green way and do procurement and show the way to the private sector within procurement. Kai, uh, have you any comments to this? Uh, no, I don't think I have uh, more comments than we already have uh, heard about this. Uh, uh, I follow Lars Christian, Lars Erik in uh, his uh, comments. So. Any comments from the US side, uh, Andreas, from the yard side? Well, 
Um, I can summarize. Um, I think um, the last word here has been said. Uh, we see the the most efficient trends is the is the public private collaboration, and doing that in the procurement process will accelerate much quicker than than taxes. Uh, that is clear, and we can see that from the business done with ferries. We can see that with the business done with electric cars. So I think a similar model for the maritime and the new maritime shift is, is needed. So let, let's redo the, uh, the oil business like we did in the 70s and 60s. Uh -huh. Okay, thank you very much, uh, Andreas. We have a couple of minutes uh, left. And the equity and credit investors will also play an important role in the green shift. Any comments uh, how they should behave? Penalize uh, green uh, trans no penalize brown transportation or <laughs> any comments? I I think we see it already happening. I think we see already now investors, both uh, massive institutional investors like the Norwegian uh, Bank Foreign Investment. Uh, I think we see it uh, among private investors that are younger than all of us in this panel, uh, favorizing uh, greener investments. Um, and I think it, it goes hand in hand with making the business cases visible. And uh, a couple of years ago, you were crazy to invest in, uh, in uh, solar panels and hydrogen. Today, you're crazy not to. Uh, so I actually, when it comes to the investment side, I don't think we need to do much incentive. Money talks. And I think that that, that is going to happen pretty much anyway uh, as we move forward. Uh -huh. Any other comments uh, from the panel? Uh, if I can add there, I, I, I fully agree that it will play an important role and, and we do see it uh, already in the global shipping market. It's, it's been quite uh, unpredictable over many years now. So there will be harder to find money to invest in, in all sorts of shipping going forward. And if it's not green, it might be impossible. So I think we will uh, absolutely, it will play in as an important uh, Factor. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Any uh, comments from uh, Bard or from Asko? Uh, no. Okay. Then uh, I think uh, we are uh, just there, a couple of minutes left. Uh, and I think we uh, uh, stop there. Thank you very much for very good presentations and and, uh, and answers on my questions. Uh, would you say something at the end, Nicholas? Yes, all I wanted to say is that uh, this has been a particularly unique and insightful uh, set of uh, presentations and discussions. Thank you, Narve, for uh, putting this excellent panel together. Thank you to all the panelists. Uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, uh, again, the agenda for our forum uh, meant to have a very comprehensive inclusion of everything happening in, uh, in Norway. And this is one of the key projects. So thank you so much for, uh, to all of you for participating. Thank you. Thank you very much, thank Nicholas. You. Yeah. Bye for now. Bye. Bye-bye.